Hey there, this is your host Meike, and before I jump into today's episode, I want to quickly let you in on a very special announcement. So for those of you who are tuning in right now as this episode airs, there's a very small window of opportunity left before I close the doors for my podcast guesting program. This is called Show Up and Be Heard, and it's my complete five-step system to help you guest on podcasts like a pro. Everything from refining your message, telling your story as an expert, finding these podcasts, pitching, performing on the interview, and post-interview optimization. Yeah, it's a complete comprehensive process, and I wanted to break that down all in a singular program for you, so you don't have to kind of mismatch a lot of information floating on the web. So if you wanted to expand your reach this year and to grow your business even further to make a bigger impact, then I highly suggest you check it out. All you need to do is head to the show notes for this episode and click on the link for more information. And the doors will be closed within 36 hours from the airing of this episode. So whether you're absolutely certain you want a guest on podcast this year, or maybe you're just on the fence thinking about it, take a look anyway to see if it's a good fit for you. Alrighty, back to the show. You're listening to The Quiet Rebels Podcast, episode number 35. And today's episode is super special for a couple of reasons. So number one, this is the first guest interview of the year on this podcast. Yes, I know it's a lot of pressure for my guest. (laughs) But I really wanted to pick someone whose area of specialty was going to really help us quiet rebels to stop playing small and to play a bigger game. And I thought to myself, well, do you know what? That's a big theme of this year, you know, about really about playing a big game and no longer hiding behind our brilliance because we have so much to give us quiet rebels, right? And so that was a lot of pressure, right, on my guests, but I've picked someone who I know you are going to love because the reason number two that this episode is super special is because I've actually met this person in real life and I've been talking about this event for months now about going to San Diego in October to Amy Porterfield's event called the Entrepreneur Experience. And today's guest was actually my lunchtime buddy. We did not plan to sit next to each other, but the best thing about going to conferences when you know you're with your people, you can sit next to random strangers and just like strike up a great conversation. And that's exactly what happened. We bonded over salads. <laughs> I think she had a Caesar salad. I can't remember what I had. I may have had a okay, no, she had a salad. I think I had a burger or something. <laughs> so I like my hearty meals, you know. But anyway, so my special guest actually sat next to me and we started talking about our businesses and all that kind of stuff. And I found that her area of special is in launching as an online business manager. So that's kind of like a virtual assistant on steroids. And one major takeaway I got from that event from Rachel Hollis, actually, she hire a commanding officer, not a foot soldier. So that was super interesting because if you know, my word of the year is all about stability with systems. And so that means I'm definitely looking to hire someone this year to really join my team and to really help me to like, step out of the whole like wearing every single hat in the business because come on that's what us solopreneurs do right so I knew I wanted to learn from someone who can really help me take it to the next level and so this episode is all about systems made simple and I'm so excited for you to learn this because 
this lady, like, she knows what she's talking about. And I love the conversation that we have because you'll, you'll know what I mean from the energy. There's a lot of great back and forth and this kind of person who I love having on the show because of the engagement and it makes it so much more easier for you to listen to and retain the information as well. So I picked up my special guest probably enough by now. And so let's get on with the show. This is the place to be if you want the courage to live your life and run your business in a way that's true to you. Contrary to what you might think, you don't have to be the loudest person in the room in order to be heard. But here's the thing, there's no time for you to be playing small anymore because you can make an impact on the people you want to help in this world by showing up and owning your message. And it is my personal mission to support you on your journey with every single episode. I am your host, Meike Sang, and it is my honor to welcome you to The Quiet Rebellion. Let's dive in. Hey, my dear Quiet Rebels, I'm so excited to be here with you today, and it's because I have a special guest on the show who's going to be talking with us about all things systems, but not just systems, but how to take your business from scrappy to polished. And this is with none other than Stacey Coyle. So Stacey, welcome on board to The Quiet Rebels podcast. Hey, Mikey. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to be here. And I'm glad we were able to hop on during the afternoon for us both. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what I truly love about you, Stacey, is that, well, first of all, it was, I thought it was pretty awesome that we actually met in San Diego first. And then we just randomly, what, sat next to each other at lunch, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I was a bit stalkery. I spotted you <laughs> in a beeline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, to be honest, like, we get we get pretty close because um, we see the same faces over and over again, like, in the same line. And, like, we just bonded over salads. So <laughs> it's exciting that, you know, we managed to develop, like, a relationship from there. And I have to thank you because Stacey here and um, and her partner, Jeffrey, um, took me home when a, the Uber rides were super expensive after a dinner. So thank oh, you so much, Stacey. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> You're welcome. No, it, it meant a lot because when you're in a new city, you don't know. And when when a, when a new friend of yours has a car, oh my gosh, be still my heart, right? <laughs> so, uh, my poor Jeffrey, he's the chauffeur. I can't drive. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it's all right for Jeffrey as well. But anyway, yeah. I really appreciate that. And obviously you've been in my good books ever since. Oh, so, well, sure. <laughs> so you are an online business manager. And so that is very different from, well, not very different, but I guess it's like a steroid version of a VA. So could you give us a rundown of what helped you, um, you know, really come into the space as an online business manager and a launch specialist? Yeah, so I originally come from an operations background. So over the last decade, you've been able to find me working in medical schools, running med school programs or in large international businesses running um, departments for them. And when I started looking at the online world, um, I just wanted a little bit more flexibility in terms of I wasn't about that cubicle life. I kind of wanted to get out there and see the world a bit. And yeah, and that brought me into the the crazy bubble that we both exist in at the moment, which is kind of like online marketing, copywriting, uh, virtual assistant, all the good stuff, service providers, basically. And I realized quite early on that my skill set was quite different from what a lot of other people were providing. I wasn't really that, you know, here's a to-do list. I'll knock them out for you, sorry, person. I was definitely someone who was a little bit more focused on helping you grow in terms of, like, why are we doing things like this? Here's an easier way of doing it. Or have we looked thought about this and kind of working together to make things just a little bit easier? So I quickly 
um, moved kind of from the virtual assistant side more into the the strategy side, the helping business owners step into their, their zone of genius, whilst I kind of took care of more of the, the back and things that were giving them a headache. And the launch um, speciality comes into play um, because it turns out everyone likes to launch, but they don't like mm-hmm. to do the launch themselves. So having someone <laughs> on board who is um, happy and eager to take over the project management of launches was a big help to clients. And I personally actually love it. <laughs> I love getting in there and doing all the planning, making all the parts work. And yeah, it's been a match made in heaven for a lot of my clients. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And like you just pretty much sold yourself to me. I might have to hire you for my next launch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because like it like it is really fun to plan a launch but when you're planning and doing like that's a lot for one person so I would love to have someone like yourself in my corner to just make sure that everything's running smoothly so I can step in my zone of genius so that's amazing thank you for giving that rundown and also didn't know that you had that background of actually running medical programs that's amazing like I'm just instantly yeah. thinking of Grey's Anatomy here but obviously oh, I, was, I was based in a hospital but my job was way less glamorous I was back end <laughs> chatting to the students helping them with their itinerary exams and things like that but yeah it's kind of it's really inspiring because you see them working so hard and you're part of their journey and they're qualifying as doctors and heading off into the big bad world of medicine so yeah it was actually really nice it was a nice job to have um, for that period of time but then yeah, the online world beacons and I had to follow it. So. Yeah, you followed the siren song into online I business. I did, yeah. <laughs> Love it. All righty. So let's definitely get into this whole like system. So let's demystify systems a little bit because it can be quite daunting for people who are like, they're just thinking to themselves, hey, I'm, I've got clients and like, I'm just doing my best to meet um, you know, my promise of, you know, what I'm going to deliver, like how on earth am I going to have time set aside in order for systems put in place? What I even put in my system, what tools do I have? So it's a bit overwhelming. So could yeah. you, could you actually share with us why do you think that systems and processes give people the cold sweats? Well, firstly, you hit it on the nail. Everyone just feels super overwhelmed. They, when you said the word systems, they're like, oh, it's big, it's complicated oh, I don't have time for that. Oh, that's a sense. No, in the future, in the future. But here's the thing. Everyone already has systems and processes in their business. You might not think it, but whatever you tend to do is habitually in your business is already a process or a system. Uh, it's just one that you haven't maybe thoughtfully put in place or you've never really fully acknowledged it, even if it is flashed out in an in a organized log- logical way. Um, you've never thought of it as a system or a process. So it's um, people have them, they just don't realize or else they kind of um, think it's not a system unless it's kind of big and fancy. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. Uh, Even the smallest things in your business are a system and a process. (laughs) And they're all things that can be improved upon all the time or made reviewed from time to time. Um, What worked for you a year ago may not be hitting the sweet spot anymore. So it's always good to kind of, think a little bit, touch base with yourself and your business and make sure that what you're doing is working for you in the now. Mm. Oh, I love that. And so systems do exist. It's just that we don't think they're systems unless they're super glamorous. And I just like 
guiltily raising my hand there I was like oh yeah I do have a system it's just a little bit it, it could definitely do some work it's getting better as I go um but I would love to be able to um help my listeners right now like take the shortcut so they can like cut through the noise and the overwhelm and to get straight to the point of why systems really matter could you let us know like why should we be focusing on systems now instead of later yeah, so systems are definitely a key process in growth. And I know not everyone is looking to grow. Um, but even if you're perfectly happy with where you currently are at, and you just want to maintain it. But I think we can all agree that if we can reduce our working hours or make the client journey uh, smoother and a better experience, then we can all be on board with tweaking, <clears throat> sorry, tweaking or finessing our systems a little bit. Uh, and being a little bit more mindful and thoughtful of whether it's the client journey or it's how we structure our day. And yeah, just pinning in things that work for us and the trajectory we're on and where we want to be in the future. And yeah, and systems really empower you to do that. Even just acknowledging them helps you even subconsciously slightly improve them each time. So yeah, that's why they're super important. Mm. And just um, just a side thought that was running through my mind as you're saying this is that when you have a system to make a smoother customer experience, like when someone has signed on to work with you, if you have a really smooth onboarding process and offboarding process, then it mm. makes the client feel like they're really well looked after. And especially if they pay like a premium price to work with you, then it makes them feel that much more assured. And plus it makes you feel more confident to be able to charge your prices, like, you know, good prices as well. Um, because you have that to kind of like back up your claim 100 percent. if you're and think about it as a client if you're you're signing up with someone and then you feel like you're always having to ask the next question or you're unsure of what the next step is and like the person you're working with is super nice friendly and they give you the information but how much better would it be if everything had been provided up front or the next steps were super clear and that's just a simple tweak in that in that person's onboarding process. It's just a matter of being a little bit more thoughtful of how you provide that information to your clients. And then the perception on the client's end of you being hyper-organized and you knowing your stuff versus, oh, I'm having to ask them questions all the time, is even though the service you're providing is the exact same, just that little shift can really, like, just bring your service to the next level in terms of how people are perceiving you and yeah it's it's interesting the less people have to contact you the more favorably they're probably going to think about you mm. which is kind of weird because we're like oh if I'm in contact a lot we're building relationships but actually your system can help build that relationship for you too mm. I totally agree because one of I'd say that my most successful clients and I don't mean like um, successful before working with me but I mean like the ones who are really happy um, with the way that I work with them they actually rarely get in contact with me because they're like I trust you you've got this I've done my part you do your part I don't need to really ask you anything I mean like I, I can feel that boundless trust and as and it's because yeah. everything was so organized and upfront but I'm always open to learning more so if you could share with us like what do systems actually look like inside a business because many of us think and myself included is like does it take a lot of time a lot of money to invest in I'm like for example if we which let's just talk about the onboarding process for a new client mm -hmm. so what kind of systems could we possibly have in place to make that transition really smooth and that experience very smooth 
Yeah, so I guess in this case, I'll give an example of an online service provider. Um, there, are so, there are an infinite, infinite amount of providers and the services they do. So an infinite amount of systems and what the best way to help and support your client is. But for example, maybe a copywriter that does a day rate. So there's going to be a lot of uh, front-loaded information they're going to need in order to do the day rate correctly. So I would definitely recommend having a, either a project management software so maybe you could set the client up in an Asana project where you list all the different things they'll need and you make sure that there's somewhere for them to upload. Uh, also that there's a step where at some point prior to the actual day that you would check that you have everything and access to it. So whether that's yourself or maybe a supporting team member. And just by doing that, you're going to have the day rate go a lot more smoothly because you're not going to suddenly turn around and go, oh, wait, I don't have that document or you never sent me this. Or even if you're just using a folder, the folder is fine as long as you've organized it correctly. If you or if it's just a free-for-all where they're just uploading documents with every name and any name, it's going to be um, a little bit harder for you to shift through that information. So just having a more organized place and set of guidelines for the client to provide you that information is going to make a world of a difference to you when it's time to review it ahead of the day rate. And in terms of how you would set the client up so that they're not overwhelmed by, oh, I don't want to use a project management system. This seems complicated because a lot of us think that there's going to be a barrier um, for the clients and we don't want to add them into too many systems or processes because we don't want to confuse them or we don't want to overwhelm them. But for a lot of clients, if you just present it as go here, do this, log, like click this link, they'll just follow through and they'll just keep going until everything's done and they've marked it complete. It's actually really rare that a client will um, show a lot of resistance around it if it's a clear system and clear next steps. And yeah, it's actually super rare that if you've laid it out in a kind of thoughtful, clear manner that they would have any issues following those guidelines. So that's a... Um, that's a way around accumulating the information you need um, in terms of making the experience extra kind of suave for the clients. Um, having like clear steps as they're booking about how the day is going to go, like taking the time to explain the layout so that, you know, the day before they're not like, wait, but am I on the call all day or just in the morning? Or, you know, uh, what will we talk about during that hour? Or, you know, when do I get the copy? Like this information is provided to them in advance at the time of booking um, so that those questions are already answered and now they're just looking forward to the session. They know what they're, they've paid for and they know what to expect. So you've set the expectations and now heading into the session is just about providing the service uh, and you don't have to worry about clarifying things or you know getting out of the zone of genius. You're just there to do the copy. You're not worrying about like what the client is thinking or pondering so yeah it's it's having a very clear like what happens at each stage like if they book how do they pay and is that mm. like are you sending them a contract or is it a terms and conditions like how many steps is there between the client saying yes and the client actually doing that day right and if there are a lot of steps are they easy for the client and are they easy for you? If you're constantly having like one email for the invoice, one email for the project management, project management tool, one email for the contract, can you consolidate that a little bit? Could it be one email with everything in it so that there's just one email that the client refers to and only one email that you've had to send in the first place? Um, 
because yeah, <laughs> we don't want to spend all day every day onboarding our clients. So yeah, it's just being a little bit thoughtful about the client journey and also about how you can reduce the labor on your end because a lot of this is rinse and repeat. The like structure of the day is going to be the same. So having it there as a template versus typing it out each time is going to help a lot as well. Mm, oh my gosh, there's so many light bulb moments just went off in my head. And um, I, I can see why. Uh, when I sent you the email for this interview, you were, you were literally gushing over the fact, like, oh my God, everything is so neat. It's all step by step. Oh. <laughs> I can <Yeah>. see why. <laughs> oh, I love it. Like getting one. So for those of you listening, um, May Kay sent me an email and it's like, click here to fill out this form. This click here to join the call on the day. Click here to do X task and then upload headshots or whatever it was. But for me, I'm not. I'm now only have one email to refer to. I know that there's one email there with all the information. And anytime I had a question ahead of this interview, I just pop back into that email to check. There wasn't a chain of emails or you know five or six different emails sent to me at different times where I'm kind of clicking in and out trying to find the right one. And honestly, it makes such a difference. It kind of it takes away all the, the stress around things. Not that joining you for this interview is stressful, but everything consolidated is just, um, it just makes it seem so much easier. I have no questions and turning up is just super easy because I know exactly what to expect. And I've done all the pre-session work for her. So, yeah. Yes, she did. It was brilliant. I was saying um, before we jumped on live that Stacey just filled out the um, guest form. So, whenever I have someone on my podcast, like they have a form they need to fill out. And she was so organized with all the questions that she wanted um, <laughs> to go over in the interview. Of course, um, if it flowed well, and they all have so far. I'm like, come on, guys. When you're at this point in the interview, don't you think it's pretty seamless, a conversation? Yeah. No, oh, why? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so as we're talking about this, um, you know, the onboarding sequence, I wanted to ask as well, like, what small tweaks can we do that can make it from like, okay, to wow? Because this is like the first impression, right? After someone has signed yeah. on to work with you, they may still have reservations. So how can we make that super wow experience so that it makes them feel like they're super like they're super confident that they made the right decision to work with you. Yeah. So the big thing is I, I would suggest is that you become more proactive versus reactive. Uh, anything you can do that's going to proactively anticipate your client's needs or questions and you can get that information to them earlier rather than waiting for them to ask for it is going to be a game changer because for clients it's um they're busy people you're a busy person and for them to have to take the time out to send you a list of questions or you know feel like oh I don't know where that information is that's a it might not seem like a big deal but it can you know if they're dropping you know a significant amount of money or even if they're very time short those little things start to add up and can be a cause of frustration. So by the time you finally get around to doing the project or working together, um, there can be a little bit of tension or, you know, like reservation that has to be worked through to kind of get back to the point that you would have been at if everything had just gone that little bit more smoothly and seamlessly um, during the onboarding process. Um, so things that I often notice um, in onboarding is how somebody books a call with me. So are they booking me in and then a week later sending me the link uh, separately. Uh, personally, I don't really like it because I like just to pop everything once into my calendar, including the location. Mm -hmm. So for me, if I'm 
getting an invite via my email, but then the link to the call on the morning of via Facebook or something. Yes, I have the information, but ideally I would have liked it all to have just been in one spot because in the back of my mind, I'm almost like as the meeting's approaching, I'm kind of wondering like, oh, do I need to reach out to them to ask them for the link or are they going to send it? And even just having that little bit of doubt um, kind of just adds a little bit of unnecessary friction to the process. Mm. And it's completely... It's completely something that can be easily resolved by just by a simple uh, integration on Zoom with your scheduler, for example. It will automatically send the the link out to them. So it's just little simple things that you can tweak that will make a big difference. Mm, oh, I, do, I totally agree. I mean, for the longest time, I had been using Calendly, like the free version, which um, doesn't allow you to send reminder emails. And mm. so I was doing everything manually. So imagine that. I was using up, my boomerang which is um, a gmail extension and it can um, this is before gmail allowed you to send things at specific times because that's actually a relatively new feature but up until then i'd constantly been using boomerang and they only have like 10 free credits a month so you can imagine i was like oh no (laughs) and i thought all of this stress could be alleviated if i just suck it up and paid for like the pro account which allows me to send the emails um like uh like actually you tell me Stacey when you booked you must have got a confirmation email like how many reminder emails did you get did you get you got some two, right I think. two I got one today to remind me to come on the call just in case <laughs> I've forgotten and I got one um on two days ago as well yeah. kind of give me a, a little bit heads no, I guess have some notice just in case I needed to reschedule yeah um, basically so yeah it's perfect it just reminds me it's on my calendar I don't have to go looking for the links it's mm. I already have it saved to my calendar but I also know that there's a couple of emails in there that's going to have the link for me to click on and on your end I'm sure it's um it's been a little bit of a game changer not having to worry about oh, did I forget to send that email? Have I sent that? Did that person yeah. actually get it? Oh and just knowing it's running in the background. Because um, the pro plan, it's not that expensive. It's, it's not. It's like $9, but for, I was a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when, mean, we're, when we're starting out, it can be like hard to justify these monthly costs because they add up so fast. I but do. I really think like investing in your scheduler, especially if you do have... Uh, client calls semi-regularly and just having that there it and it automatically adds to your professionalism level people are impressed when like the standard is that you would get a reminder so people notice when they don't so yeah it's it's a it's it's definitely a tool i would recommend investing if you're thinking about which is the first tool you want to go with a a scheduler with a, a link and some reminder emails will work a charm yeah and plus there's like integration links into your google calendar or your was it iCal? Yes, iCal um, mm-hmm. as well. So that's just that, that extra $9 a month is, you know, it's done me very well, especially because I do have to schedule podcast interviews as well as client calls, like at, like my paying clients as well as my prospective clients as well. So I'm having calls exactly. all the time. So yeah. it's a game changer. It's definitely worth the $9. <laughs> and it's funny, once you invest in a scheduler, suddenly you seem to have more calls. And it's yeah. not, and I think it's because you suddenly don't have that barrier. You're just like, here's my link, book in with me. Or you know, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I remember the moment I took that step because I had clients and I was talking to them regularly. But once I took the step to use the, the scheduler, suddenly I had more things to put in it. It was very strange, but it was so if you're worried about, oh, I don't use, I don't have enough appointments to make this worth my while. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd actually be surprised how many appointments you have during the month if you're working constantly with clients or 
um, screening prospective clients. Mm-hmm. And a good point to mention here is that because there is so much that's taken out of your plate, both mental headspace as well as actual time spent um, sending these emails manually, that you have, you can use that new time to be able to, you know, go find new leads, right? So there's like time that's freed up in your business to do the things that really matter that actually bring in the moolah in order to pay for these tools. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, these tools pay for themselves and they're just the cost of doing business. And most of us would agree that we want to have a business that works for us, <laughs> works for our clients. So, and these are t- tools that just make it that little bit easier. And yeah, once you have it, you're you're not want to you're not going to want to go back. It's for true. Sure. Like I will always pay this nine dollars, you know, for, for the <laughs> just for the beauty of having reminders emails sent on my behalf. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, this conversation has flown by really fast, and I kind of don't want it to end. And so around this time, I just wanted to kind of like circle back and almost recap. Like, what do you what do you think is um like some of the biggest blocks that prevent solopreneurs especially from actually wanting to invest in systems? Yeah. So, well, the first thing is a lot of people think, oh, I'm not very tech savvy and I don't have the time to really figure this stuff out. And to that, I would say you'd be surprised what you could learn if you spend 10, 15 minutes tinkering with something. A lot of these systems are like these platforms are set up in a way that's quite intuitive. And if you absolutely are in a position where, you know, you're looking at systems, you don't want to have to figure the tech out, then having support um, in terms of maybe a virtual assistant who is able to do your calendar management for you um, will be a game changer as well um, because they will take the emotional burden, set it up for you and your, your appointments will just arrive in your calendar. And in terms of like processes in general, because obviously a a scheduler is just a small part of a process, but if you're thinking, oh, it's going to take a lot of planning, these are works in progress. No one, Rome wasn't built in a day, so your systems and processes aren't going to be built in a day either. But if you're constantly making small tweaks, maybe you're listening to your client feedback, um, are you even asking for client feedback on this part of your process? Um, And if you're not, maybe you should. Um, And then taking that feedback and making those little tweaks every now and again, that's going to improve your life or your client's life. And then as you go along, um, making sure to kind of note it somewhere. If you plan to stay um, a solopreneur forever, it's all fine that it's in your head. But if you have like aspirations of growth anytime in the future and you maybe want to bring on a team member or maybe someone who's junior to you, Uh, everything in your head is going to become a problem because it means nobody else will be able to replicate it. So getting into the habit of being um, conscious of what your systems are and then maybe starting to jot them down from time to time so that, you know, when you do get to the point that you are going to share that information, that there's some resources there. Um, Because one of the biggest boundaries to hiring a team member is actually just getting the information out of your head. And it can be really stressful to find time to do that because we, um, actually go looking for help when we're too busy to really onboard someone. So yeah, it's um, it's just about being mindful, I guess, of what you're doing within your business day to day and then just making sure it's the best version you can do at the moment. And yeah, you don't have to go crazy. It's just minor tweaks as you go along. It's good to know. It's just tweaks. That's all. It's just baby steps at a time. Exactly. Yeah. So step one could be get a scheduler. Step two can be 
in the future integrated with your Zoom. Step three, four could be then to set up reminder emails. Like, you know, you don't just because you suddenly have the scheduler doesn't mean you have to use every single feature immediately. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. You find yourself the time. And actually, as you're working with clients, you'll find that you're like, oh, this would be good for this client. And then suddenly you'll now have that part in that process or um, they kind of build themselves as you go. But it's just, yeah, getting into the habit of being a little bit more mindful around them Um, because ideally your systems will grow with you. If you're kind of just throwing anything together at the start, that's not a recipe for growth (laughs) or for kind of ease later on. Mm. Okay, those are really great tips. Thank you. And so as we're talking about baby steps, do you see any major area where you feel that solopreneurs, especially or small teams, in fact, could really, you know, should really put their best foot forward first? Is it the onboarding process? Is it the client feedback? Where is it? Have you in in your experience, where have you found Uh, that most of the work needs to be done? In my experience, the most like bang for your buck or bang for your time is usually really nailing your client's experience. Mm. Um, so that's onboarding and offboarding. Um, the reason for that is that's the first point of contact with your client and that's what they experience while they work with you. So you can work behind the scenes on a tech that's do- like driving you crazy, but your clients might not know about it. But as long as they're having a good experience, it's automatically going to kind of raise your star a little bit. Um, so I would definitely start with the systems and processes that are going to enable you to like, well, your customers or kind of next level you in that regard, and then start looking at how you can like improve things behind the scenes, whether it's like, how, like, for example, most of us are super guilty of having a G drive. That's just a hot mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And like for most of us, it's in our mind like, oh, we should organize this someday. And, you know, when I organize it, it probably should like have a logical flow to it, like, you know, folders for certain things. Um, And 100%, like when you're onboarding someone, having things clearly labeled so people can find stuff like is going to 100% save you a lot of time and save them a lot of time. But whilst it's super important it might not be as important to your 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 bottom line and your revenue at the moment than say for example the haven't nailed your onboarding system and yeah so that's where i would say people should focus first nail your customer experience and then tidy up your high specs behind the scenes well okay to be fair yes my google drive is i think it's um you know when you start new documents and they just kind of here in the home area um but the one place in my google drive that is very very clean is actually my client so at least hey (laughs) that's something (laughs) yeah so like you start with your clients and then you add in the different elements and the other thing i would say when it comes to thinking about your future uh, especially if you want to grow is when you're deciding on new tech uh, one go with one that people have heard of before people have a habit of seeing a shiny new one and they're like oh it sounds so cool but if it doesn't integrate with anything it's going to be hard yeah. to work with in the future and then the second thing is look at the features that you may be able to avail of at the future you might not need them now or even have the pay grade to access them but if you're planning to grow how will that tool support you in the future? Like, what can it do? So yeah, being mindful of the tools you choose now can save you a lot of time in the future. For example, a lot of people go with MailChimp when they first start out. It's free. 
they can send emails and then they suddenly decide they're going to go into some form of email marketing whether it's promoting their own services or products and they discover it's super limited and the time spent moving to another platform did you actually save any money <laughs> when you add in all the man hours spent moving across all your emails and contacts and setting it up anew? Um, so yeah, just being like free doesn't always mean it's actually free. <laughs> you mm. may pay the price later. So yeah, just be mindful of why you're choosing something and how it's going to support you in your business, both now and in the future. All right, I got it. And I'm just replaying um the MailChimp days <laughs> I mean is where almost everybody starts it's definitely where I started and then I moved over to get response and then was it ConvertKit and then I actually moved to Kartra so this is not sponsored by Kartra by the way but <laughs> it, it took some time but I just wanted everything in one place it's just like how you like everything in one email I like everything in one place and not to brag about culture too much, but it is pretty damn amazing. It is email marketing. It hosts all my beautiful landing pages. <laughs> it hosts um, my membership for my um, podcast guesting course. It hosts pretty much everything. Yeah. And, it, and it's an investment at the start. Um, yeah. but, it, but looking back on it, you already paid for like time to move from MailChimp to GetResponse, GetResponse to ConvertKit, ConvertKit to Carter. Like yeah. those are all manners. And then also the price points of those tools along the way as well. Um, sometimes going with a cheaper option can work out more expensive long term. Yeah. And because, you know, expenses don't always mean financially, like mm -hmm. there is the time and energy expense as well. And like sometimes, you know, we're always paying for something. So it depends on which is the priority for you to save exactly. your time, your energy or your money. So that's that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been a really, really fascinating conversation. So thank you so much for coming on, Stacey. I mean, I think after today, our quiet rebels here will hopefully uh, prioritize um, tweaking their client onboarding system, especially if they're service providers or a customer onboarding experience if they you know, sell products instead. So I really hope that that is the case because honestly, it's not a huge overhaul necessarily it's just tiny tweaks and you'll just improve it as you go so thank you for that and so for those who want to learn a bit more from you and any work that you may be doing or maybe potentially hire you for a future project i mean seriously you're on my list to hire for a future launch and so oh, where sure. can they find you um to get to know you better yeah so you can find me on workplacelemonade.com and uh, that's my my website or alternatively you can find me on instagram at the same handle so that's workplace lemonade all righty so obviously i'm gonna put that into the show notes but i have to ask you why lemonade why is that a part of your brand this is an amazing thing that we definitely bonded over when we first met i'm like why lemonade and i started picturing all these like you know lemonade stands and lemonade bottles that you give to you know prospective clients at events and stuff and you know i'm still volunteering my hand i'm putting my um, my name in the hat to help you like pass these lemonade bottles at these events so <laughs> could you tell us like why well what's the big deal with lemonade yeah, I, it comes from the saying, um, turning lemons into lemonade. So I wanted to be able to bring that to my clients. I wanted to take their headaches and make it like the, the bits in their business that they suddenly love. Like those stresses are completely gone. And back when I was originally naming my business, um, Beyonce had just dropped lemonade. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> the idea of lemonade was kind of floating around in my head. So yeah, and that, and from there it became workplace lemonade, and that's the branding I'm going with at the moment. And as Meike says, it's all very lemon heavy. And it, to be honest, if Meike had her way, she'd have me handing out lemons at events and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going that hardcore yet. <gasps> oh no, I won't be asking to hand out lemons. This is what we're going to do, okay? We are going to have a stand and people can make their own lemonade. Yes, Ooh. that's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so see you guys at the next event. <laughs> I'll be handing out <laughs> yeah. I don't know whose event we're going to do this at, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm starting to feel the pressure. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just so excited for you. <laughs> I mean, it'd be really cool, but uh, I also would get a reputation as being that super strange person at events. <laughs> you know what? It's cool, and you're bringing refreshments to people. And if we had oh, yeah. ice, people would love us. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. So yes, workplacelemonade.com, and I'll be sure to pop in your Instagram handle as well in the show notes so everyone can go and non-creepily stalk you after this okay. interview. <laughs> Alrighty, so before I let you go, I've got two final questions for you. So number one is, what makes you a quiet rebel? Yeah, that's a good question. I like to think of, like in terms of quiet rebels, I think it's, I'm an introvert as well. And that makes, that kind of always comes with the label of, oh, you're quiet. Um, But I like to rebel in terms of, I want to make things that people automatically go, no, don't like it. Sounds scary. And I want to make those things more accessible or less of a pain point for people. So I'm rebelling against this notion that systems or organization and all those things are boring or something people want to ignore. I'm bringing them into the forefront where it's like, you know what, we're not actually that bad. <laughs> and we, and we, can, we can use some of those in our, in our own businesses. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm going with this rebel I'm rebelling against the idea that systems are boring and uh, I want to spread the word that you want them and you need them Mm. and you've definitely done a good job today I mean seriously system sounds super scary but the way you talked about it it was just so much more simple and streamlined so you did a good job thank you (laughs) welcome okay and final question so whenever my audience hears this sound means it's time for a fact of the day so because I have a guest on the show I'm going to relay this question to you what is one weird fact or a fun fact if you want it to be fun about you that people can't normally find online whether it's on your website or your social media or your blog if you have a blog I mean what's one thing that can really help us feel like we know Stacey a bit more than other people Mm, that's a really good question I guess if you followed me online, you would assume that I'm probably a polyglot of some kind. A what? <laughs> a polyglot is someone who yeah. can speak a lot of languages. Oh. So um, because I'm originally from Ireland, you'd expect that I could speak English and Irish. And if you follow me online, you know that I live in Costa Rica. So you're probably thinking, oh, she speaks, she probably speaks great Spanish. And I spent um, 2018 in yeah, 2018 in Taiwan trying to learn Chinese. So I think a lot of people would expect that it, like I'm someone who'd be great in a translating situation. And whilst I do my best, <laughs> I am not a polyglot, slightly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that, 
Well, you've taught me something new, not just about yourself, but what polyglot means. I thought the term was bilingual, but you know, polyglot it is. <laughs> well, I think I think bilingual is when you have two languages, and polyglot is when you. I know. I now I'm I'm kind of second guessing myself. Did I make this word up? Um, a polyglot is multiple languages, so someone who speaks multiple. Or maybe that is a, a synonym for multilingual. I'm sure that's a word, right? Sure. Okay, but no, I like polyglot. Uh, for some reason, it reminds me of something in Harry Potter, just like you know, like the hippogriff. Like, what was his name? Buckbeak. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, um, if you watched Pokemon, there's one of those Pokemon <gasps> of called Poly- Pokemon. Poly- Polygon. Polygon. Yes, it reminds yeah. me of that. <laughs> Pokemon reference. Woohoo. Okay, this is made it made this episode extra special okay. because we had a Pokemon reference. So <laughs> <laughs> And I and I have Googled the word polyglot to make sure I'm not crazy. It is oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, honestly you taught me and probably several listeners as well that 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 this is an actual word, polyglot. <laughs> yes. So I am bilingual. I speak Irish and English, but I unfortunately am not a very confident polyglot. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all good. We still love you anyway. Thank you. <sighs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So Stacey, thank you so much for all of your gems of wisdom or your nuggets of wisdom, whichever people prefer gems or nuggets. And it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. It's been a super pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Now you tell me, wasn't that amazing? I absolutely love this conversation with Stacey and you know what behind the scenes um, when I record with a guest normally when we hit stop on the recording like we just we both look at each other and have the sigh of relief like oh my gosh you know that was such a great interview and that's definitely the case so we definitely chatted um, a little bit more afterwards and I thought you know what we can definitely have a part two of this conversation because today was more about the customer experience to kind of really start your systems with and I hope you're not going to be like a, um, a frugal type like me like skimping out on nine dollars a month for calendly <laughs> i mean seriously that saved me so much time but anyway i really hope that this interview inspired you today and if it did i would love it if you can share it on instagram so if you can screenshot this episode and tag us both at make sang as well as workplace lemonade i'll be sure to add our instagram handles in the show notes so you can easily copy and paste and find us but please do share this conversation if you feel that there are people in your space who could also benefit from having a stronger system Alrighty, that's it from me today. So thank you so much for joining me and Stacey on the show. And before I jump off of this recording, I want to send you a quick reminder of the announcement at the beginning of this episode. If you are looking to guest on podcasts this year and you don't want to outsource it and you want to learn the ropes by yourself, so that way you have complete control of the entire pitch process and the outreach, etc, etc, then I highly suggest that you check out my podcast guesting program, Show Up and Be Heard. All you need to do is head to the link in my show notes for more information and please do so soon if you're on the fence because there's just a couple hours left before I close the doors and I don't have a precise date or a precise kind of time of when I'm going to be opening again and definitely not for the same investment as well. So I just want to put that out there just in case you're interested and if you're on the fence, maybe you're not sure, you know, please do reach out to me and so we can hop on a quick chat to see if it's a good fit for you because I would love to see you inside the program if podcast guesting is a priority for you this year. But other than that, that is it from me. So thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode. I really hope you liked it and be sure to stay tuned for next week as well. I have another San Diegan who, well, he's not from like San Diego, but I do have another guest who I did meet at that event. And 
I just, I feel like there's just a common theme here that I'm just meeting all of my guests in San Diego. That's definitely not the case. But next week's episode, yes, I do have a guest who I also met in real life. And so you'll know that I have a great bond with these people, which is super important for the flow of the conversation. And that episode is going to be all about repurposing your content. So if podcast guesting is something that you want to do, and you know when your interview airs, my next episode is going to be talking about the different ways you can repurpose those. So that one interview, you can splinter it out into so many different types of content pieces. So if you are interested in that, be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already, so you don't miss that episode. Alrighty, that's it for me today. Thank you so much and bye for now.